Moondog made enough money to buy Miami, but he pissed it away so fast. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. I've done a bit of smuggling, and I've run my share of grass. I made enough money to buy Miami, but I pissed it away so fast. Never meant. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Hello. Hello. What's up, man? I think we have almost a full crew here besides Jordan. Um, and to your listeners out there, welcome to a very special episode. Um, we are doing 2019's classic The Beach Bum, Matthew McConaughey's career-defining performance. <laughs> One of the best movies of the past 10 Peak years. McConaughey. Peak McConaughey. Doing a lot True of peaks. Doing a lot of peaks and spoilers these days. Let's go ahead and jump into it at this point. Actually, no. Let's do this. Let's go around the table and say, what is your favorite Jimmy Buffett song? And Brett, I will kick it to you. Am I up? Oh yeah, you're first up. Batter up. <laughs> oh yeah. You're uh, a thousand. Uh, this is Brett. Uh, my favorite Jimmy Buffett song is the one where he doesn't sing. Boy, oh, let's go. Sick burn. Or the, the one Jimmy. from South Park, AIDS Burger in Paradise. That's my favorite song. <laughs> I'll allow it. Mikey, what's up? Uh, hey, how's it going? Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. And I don't like Jimmy Buffett. I'm with Brett. I think he sucks. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> Decent. Oh. Fantastic question to lead in with, Josh. <laughs> hey, this is Josh from Goshen. Um, I wanted to jump all over you during the spoiler because I feel like he didn't piss the money away. He like poetically burns it. It's much different. But anyway, Jimmy Buffett, I would say my favorite song is also the one where he's not singing. He sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best day of my life. (laughs) Y'all some grungy Gen Xers. Pap, what's up? Hey, this is Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. I like the song from this movie. This movie has one of the best soundtracks of the year. If you take out the Jimmy Buffett, this is my favorite soundtrack ever, I think. Because you like the Creed so much? or No, because... What? No! <laughs> yeah, I was getting involved with the Creed. <laughs> no, it's... I like so many songs. Into the Mystic is one of the greatest songs of all time, and it was a perfect song to play at the end. Jimmy Buffett's definitely one of the worst. Creed is better than Jimmy Buffett. I This is my last podcast, guys. You've been great. <laughs> I love you all. Thank you. I'll see you on my podcast. Why'd Brett quit? I'm guessing I'm going to get kicked out for saying that. Heck no. Have your own opinions. Just don't bring up Dave Matthews. But, um, Pab, you, your favorite song is A Pirate Looks at 40. It's okay, yeah, I like it. And actually, I've been listening to this album, uh, You Had to Be There. It's like uh, from the 70s. It's actually a really good album. He like, talks a bunch in between it. Like, I actually wasn't a big Dave Matthews fan before. Or Dave Matthews. Oh! Uh, Jimmy, well, I'm not a big Dave Matthews fan at all. But I, I wasn't a big Jimmy <laughs> Buffett fan until I found that, ep- that uh, album. It's pretty good. Don't you guys wish it would have been like Willie Nelson in this movie or something like that instead? I fe- no. I feel like I there's better... Know. He doesn't fit the uh, dirtbag Florida stereotype. Yeah, especially <laughs> it's like southern southwest Florida at that point. Josh, you've been to Florida quite a bit. The m- character mm-hmm. of Moondog is pretty believable, in my opinion. 
for oh, like I, southern southwest florida even the name moondog is just like exactly what one of these like guys on the street would be named and it's true like my family doesn't usually go more south than fort myers beach but already at that point you just start to see this type of person emerging from wherever they emerge from <laughs> the palm trees the farther south you go they start sprouting up yeah no it's true i mean josh our families have vacationed in fort myers for what i can only imagine is close to two decades now and like the more like often i've been going there especially like finding like finding like um hole in the wall bars and kind of dive places you go into there are more and more people that remind me of moondog than i honestly take pleasure in but but moondog (laughs) is like the ultimate success of one of these people it's like the fantasy of that yeah, it's stereotype. not real <laughs> these are dirtbag people this would never happen <laughs> this is a garbage character don't ruin the dream asshole. don't no, ruin the dream why do you hate moondog mikey I'm with, I'm with mikey i was thinking the whole time nobody nobody would like this guy that much yeah he has infinite money and he's walking around just stealing people's beer off of their table he's a dirtbag <laughs> he's just really but annoying like, like hey. if i was sober i would hate him Hey, yeah. Moondog! <laughs> Does he have a lot of money, though? His wife has a lot of money. His wife has a lot of money. Moondog doesn't. He doesn't need money. Except for he's begging in for money all movie and stealing money all movie. Well, he and needs burning. it. He just doesn't burning need money. it. You know he what I mean. He needs the magic, Brett. Why don't you understand about that? He has to go so low to get high. <laughs> Moondog and Zac Efron... Jack up a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my boy Zephron, I hated him in this movie. He's so bad. I mean, I love him, but he's such a bad dude. But he had Jinkos on, so he's cool. Brett, how many pairs of Jinkos did you own back in the yes, day? Yes, you and Josh are the Jinko, like, target uh, demographic. How many did you guys go? Probably five to seven. It's a lot of. Were they like the big flare out? No, none of them were like the humongous ones. Uh, They were actually pretty mild, but it was like my first year at Concord. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, how about you? How many Chinkos did you slip into? I just had one pair. My parents wouldn't let me, but my grandma bought me some anyway. I also wanted to dye my hair real blonde. Didn't get let to do that either. So for the listeners out there, Josh is so tall. His Janko <laughs> jeans would be like a sail on uh, on one of these sailboats. <laughs> we could take off for the Florida Keys in Josh's Jankos. <laughs> It'd be a pleasure to take you all to the Florida Keys on my Jankos. <laughs> I'll say this. I mean, Mikey, since you didn't like Moon Dog, what do you think of like the story structure itself? I hate it. Because it does have really weird <laughs> pacing. <laughs> Dude, there's no story here. He just walks around uh, <laughs> disturbing other people's lives uh, mildly and being a nuisance. And then he assaults a man on a wheelchair, which is like the worst thing he does. Well, he and then didn't he do it. his money. Well, he and was there and he stole his money. Well, yeah, Did no, he's he a thief. Didn't he say something like, I abhor this terrible act or something no, like he that? Because there's no need for derelict activity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Jesus already died for those sins. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not going to lie, Mikey, you're sounding super Republican right now. <laughs> I just don't care That's about why I like him the, so much. 
the story structure. I didn't think it was all that great anyways. Stevie, were you catching any Forrest Gump vibes from the story structure? Like going through his life, kind of hanging out with a different character actor for a while, then switching off? Um, Before I listened to um, the writer-director Harmony Corrine talk about it, I would say yes, because it's almost like he's drifting in and out of people's lives. And it's like it's a new character, but Moondog stays the same. Yeah. Um, But the way Harmony broke it down was when he was writing it, he didn't want... Quote writing it. (laughs) What do you mean? I mean, how much of this movie's improvised and just having a good time on Saturday with the boys? Um, the way everything he... with Snoop Dogg seems improvised. <laughs> I heard over thirty percent of his movies actually interv- like improvised with his movies in general. The way he described he wanted to write and shoot it was, um, he didn't want like a linear story structure. He wanted it almost laid out like a um an album to like pretty much like a music album, and he wanted it to be pretty much about energy versus story, of kind of like the peaks and valleys of like listening to an album. Well, especially like when uh, Isla Fisher dies in the drunk driving incident, like <laughs> that whole sequence is like almost emulating being like super fucked up. Like we're seeing the world like through their eyes, like it's flashing all around, like it's kind of in and out, like a brownout. Like they're having conversations that are the same but in different places. Exactly. Yeah. But I the Martin Lawrence Isla. scenes with the boat. Yeah, it is Isla. But the kept, the Martin Lawrence scenes with the Nam references and the boat, I mean, that harkened back to Forrest That's Gump true. quite a bit to me. But yeah, I see it's your more point, Big Lebowski Steve. to me than Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Big Lebowski West. It was more Spring Breakers to me. That makes sense. I just kid, I didn't watch that movie. I just know all the Spring Breakers. Now, Brittany kept talking about how terrible it was the whole time. Oh, Spring Breakers is great. It was more an episode of Cops for me. <laughs> 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 following Florida man around. I see that. What about Briggs Beep? <coughs> oh, that's a little Briggs. Yeah, with the fantasy aspect of. Sorry, I cough there. Breaking out yeah, of rehab. Briggs Bear. Josh, yeah. you keep thinking of Forrest Gump because of Jonah Hill's hilarious Southern accent. <laughs> Did that not take you guys out of the movie a little bit? Hilarious or terrible? I thought it was terribly accent. hilarious. You know, it breaks my heart, Moondog. It breaks my heart because you a motherfucking has-been, boy. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that is. Is that a bad thing? God damn, it's a bad thing, Moondog. As your forever agent, I feel obliged to be truthful with you at all times. I thought he was oh, I thought he was purposely trying to overact. Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, yeah. like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> it had a very molasses-like <laughs> accent. I like the Just part where like, the words spill out of your mouth like molasses. Molasses. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, even if even if uh, you could invite me to the wedding, I can't go. <laughs> and he's like, a lot of signals I'm mixed busy. back then. <laughs> have you Those seen? Those scenes uh, were funny. Have you seen this is the end? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. It's like his. It's like his accent when he's doing Woody Harrelson in the movie they're trying to make. I think that's uh, if you remember that at all. It's like weeds from the earth. No. When they're doing Pineapple Express too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. I got you. I got you. I mean, as far as you guys go, was there like any side character you liked the best out of? I mean, there's a lot of side characters. Like there's Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Zac Efron. You have Jimmy Buffett, Martin Lawrence. Was there one that like stood out to you guys more than anybody? I think. Uh, well, first of all, like my favorite scenes were the one with him and Snoop Dogg. But I loved Martin Short, uh, Martin uh, uh, Lawrence. 
I and wish Martin Short was in this movie. No, nobody's ever <laughs> said that. But like, what? <sighs> did we go over the side? It doesn't matter. Like, they were so funny together. Like, they were ridiculous. And like, all my years of watching Shark Week finally came to mean something because right when I saw that, I go, "Those are sharks." <laughs> Just the way he treats Dr. Lipschitz's family, too. <laughs> They're so proper. <laughs> he's like, I also liked every scene he was with Isla Fisher, too. But I don't know. I love the whole limp dick story. At the, I mean, that was awkward, but super funny. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is like, I think him with Isla Fisher and their like, transcendental love i guess is kind of interesting and i especially love the scene where he sees isla fisher and snoop dogg his wife and best friend making out and you see him coming to the realization and you're like yeah. oh he's gonna be pissed and knock shit around and then he's like the way moon dog is and the way his brain <laughs> operates is like Whoa, this is mind blowing. I'm gonna go for this ride. And then he just like walks down the street <laughs> laughing about it for like the next well, couple goes, hours. He first he goes into the pool. pool. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean he takes it in and he's like fine with it and like him and Isla Fisher are fine. He wasn't fine with it. I think he became fine with it after a while. He also probably realized he's banged eight chicks since <laughs> you know, before that. They like, had a she huge, knew that. I don't know. They had a huge montage showing about how much they had fun together, like right yeah. after that. So I feel like he was fine. He does wind up at that bar though, like harassing that couple, and he's like, "I always knew, but just seeing them." And then but the fact she comes, shows up. Yeah, maybe the fact she like, comes back to him. He's like, "It's their anniversary," and she goes, "Happy anniversary!" And it's not their anniversary <laughs> at all. Just moon dog well, don't be insincere in front of strangers. It's not a good look on you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite parts of the like of the entire movie is when you're kind of supposed to have this sincere moment of when I didn't know Isla Fisher was dying at this point. I just thought she was laying in a hospital bed, and she looks straight at Moondog and goes, "You're a fuck up," and then dies. <laughs> I had a feeling she was gonna die. I was hoping she didn't, but I don't know. I don't notice this stuff very often, but. I thought the camera shot like when they're driving around and then it flashes the lights right in your face. And then you don't see what happens. I like looked at Britney. I go, did they just get in a car accident? And then you find out they did. I thought that was really cool. But maybe it's like a cheap trick of the light or whatever. But I thought it was cool. I felt like you could feel that coming. So it's oh, just yeah. like good filmmaking, I think. And Yeah, I thought that was really cool. They were weaving like to the left and right of cars. And I was like, this is crazy. And then Here's like another the big headlights. Here's another movie comparison from what you're bringing up, though, Brett. If you guys remember Mandy from 2018, that's what yes. they said earlier. I, I haven't seen it, but that's what yeah. they're talking about. Super like neon lights and like the colors. Just, I love it. I love that. What's look. that? What's that weed called, Stevie? That lingerie Snoop Dogg has? Oh, oh God. Jamaican. Jamaican. They're even talking like Mandy in that scene, though. It gets yes, all, roll, and it gets roll, all roll, hazy. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, because it's a pink fluorescent light in Jamaica. What is it called? I don't remember. Yeah. I, don't know, I love that part when he was like, how do you get this? And he's like, I play a few concerts, then I bribe the Jamaican government. They turn their head the other way. McConaughey hang, hung dong in this, didn't he? I didn't see that. He took a pee. I think he... You saw McConaughey? I thought... Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't know if it was his real dong, I but you see a dong but... Oh, yeah, I guess I, I didn't even notice. Yeah. 
Spoilers is on the case. <laughs> <laughs> I love we'll at the wedding, out. too. Like, flaccid dick. Like, Matthew McConaughey shows up to the wedding. Like, What's your name? It, makes it all about him. And then grabs the groom's nuts. And then smash cut to the daughter talking to Isla Fisher. And she's like, he almost ruined the day. Almost ruined the day. It's like, <laughs> How are you? Hey, can I borrow that lounge? Sir, yes, sir. All right, so everyone knows this is my daughter. Me and my mini booze daughter. They're going to be handing away the bride-to-be right now. A little family tradition we got before we hand over any daughters in our family. Just got to... What are you doing? What are you doing? The other side. It's not bad. Five-inch plastic. Okay, Pappy, I have a question for you. I mean, I know your puppers had a really big scare today, but what did... I mean, I have to think, like, what did you think of... When he's homeless at this point, and he's leading the homeless to his ex-wife's mansion and just destroys the place. <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah, Lola would have eaten all of those pillows that they were smashing up for sure. So, I don't know. It's Matthew McConaughey's whole character is like self-destructive, but he seems to keep just failing upwards. You know what I mean? Like even down to the end. Spoiler, like you mentioned, he he sets all that money on fire. Like. Even when he doesn't have to be self-destructive, he goes out of his way to be extra bad. And even the judge is like, eh, I'm a big fan of your work. You're okay. That's surprising. <laughs> so I, this is my theory. Everything in this movie is actually really realistic in the way it's like set out and the way things are said and shown. But one thing you have to suspend your disbelief on is that Matthew McConaughey is a raging genius. Um, did you guys like appreciate the words he spoke throughout this? Did you feel like... One hundred percent. Do you think it was done with well? Like he's a genius. Did that come across? I couldn't write anything as beautiful as that. My dick had been inside you twice, and it made me feel beautiful. That's poetry, man. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he's so revered. He ends up winning the Pulitzer Prize at the end of the movie, which in a dress is surprising. Another yeah. South Park reference. Josh, did you like his poetry? I don't know. Like, I don't think it was the lasting thing I'll remember of this movie. Like, I couldn't really quote any of the stuff he was saying now, except maybe what Pappy just said with, like, dick inside you twice. Like, <laughs> I, I did love when he, like, plagiarized that one guy's That's poem. That's what I was going to say. That, the, my favorite yeah. poetry of the whole movie was the one he plagiarized from D.H. Lawrence. So, like, this is that why. That's my favorite scene in the movie. When this Snoop is why Dogg starts all- crying. Sorry, Josh. No, it's okay. It's it's just why it's the ultimate fantasy for like this beach bum type person. It's like you can get away with being a dirtbag because deep down you have this genius gem inside of you. Man, I'm looking at some theories about this movie and it's kind of weird. Like Birch Bear? What you, got? What you there's, got? There's three that the guy says, did you ask your friends? Like, wait, Moondog really won a Pulitzer, then blew up the money and ended up floating on the water like that, obviously. And then... Wait, was all of that supposed to be Moondog having a bad drug trip? Or wait, did Moondog die when the boat exploded or in the car crash? Because it got super surreal. Like when he starts wearing dresses and Mm -hmm. the cops kind of stop following him and he wins a Pulitzer really quickly. It just was all really, I, we both kind of predicted like, is he dead? Is he still at rehab? Is he, even Jonah Hill's character goes like suddenly super nice, right? yeah. Yeah, it just got really, really weird. Now, maybe that he's trying to do like a real frenetic directing style, um, but I could That's, easily see that. But they, I mean, to not explain it, 
I guess it's smart. I don't know. I'm going to leave it ambiguous. I don't know. That really is the Brigsby Bear connection for me, that this movie kind of is like purposely over the top so you know it's fake and could never really happen. So it's almost like dark in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, talk about like subverting expectations, though. Like the way this movie does it, it subverts even like the structure of of a traditional film. You know what I mean? Like everything that happens at the end is so disjointed and dreamlike and trippy. Like it's so much better than what Ryan Johnson did with the last Jedi. I'm sure Josh can agree with that. (laughs) I mean, did you guys watch this movie? Like through like a realistic lens, was there a point where you're like, all right, this is like a crazy trippy fantasy. I'm just kind of kind of suspend disbelief here. Uh, I kind of got taken out of that pretty quickly. Uh, it's kind of like Big Lebowski, but with way less of a storyline. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying that to diss it or anything. I just, I, I got uh, pretty early on. I was taken out. Like this is not going to be much of a, you know, I don't know. I'm tr- you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know what I'm trying to say. I, I didn't take it too seriously. Well, to me, it's like the other side of the coin of the Big Lebowski, where that movie the plot is so complex that it becomes arbitrary. Like someone's kidnapping someone and someone's like actually kidnapped themselves. And it's all a fake kidnap. Like to be in the right mindset, enjoy the big Lebowski is to not understand that plot. The first couple times. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. This is, mm-hmm. this is the other side of that where it just strips away any kind of structure or story. And kind of like Stevie, you were saying, it's like vignettes, like different songs on the album, like just the scenes, that's the way I like. Together. Like I watch it. I think I enjoyed it that way because I don't like watch it for like an overall like compounding story. It's like listening to like an entire album, and then like when you get to the end, you're like, "That was that." You know what I mean? You know what's so weird about this? You guys bringing up Big Lebowski multiple times now is for some reason I kept thinking of it too, and I kept thinking of the real Lebowski when he had that line and he's like, <laughs> the bums lost Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. And this movie's like the exact, like the bums won in this universe. <laughs> Steve, are you trying to say like, it is like a bunch of things together? Like, I don't know why. Together, but separate. So like, Ooh, okay. This, okay. This stuff's a separate, but equal. I, it, to me, it's kind of like a lot of movie structure is like a, uh, Bruce Springsteen born to run. And this movie's like, Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, which is like 10 singles, as opposed to Born to Run, which is just a really cohesive We can't album. bring up Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA two straight podcasts. Sure we can, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great analogy, but whatever. I'm surprised you guys are saying Lebowski and not like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I never finished it all, but the, from what I've seen, yeah. that's very similar. I mean, the whole thing is just he's like trying to find inspiration for his book and then I guess he writes a book. We don't know anything about it. We just see him typing, and then he ends up winning a Pulitzer Prize. So I, I, that part of the <laughs> that part of the movie is like so bare bones, but it's like the overarching theme of the movie is he just needs this inspiration to finish the book so he can get the money, and then he ends up burning the money. Is this movie like the Rum Diaries at all? I've never seen it. This seems kind of similar. Not like the Rum Diaries. No, okay. Um, no, not like the Rum Diaries. Josh, why do you think he burned the money at the end? Uh, just like in Donnie Darko, some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to die. I thought it would have been better if he would have died, but then I, the ending was okay anyway. So he I already died. Burn the money. He died at the at the end of the first act, Brett. We already Possibly. established that. Yep. 
I talked about that song, that album you had to be there from Jimmy Buffett on a pirate at forty. What's the name of that song, Stevie? Oh, uh, a pirate looks at forty. It's yeah, yeah. That's a good song, but like he, I said, he talks before every song, and he says that this song is about my friend who lived in Key West who could never find a job, <laughs> and then like he goes on to sing about how he like did all these like drug smuggling jobs, but like Stevie, you that was your opening spoiler. In that song, he says he had enough money to, to buy, buy Miami, Miami, but he pissed it all mm-hmm. away. So it's almost like this movie's based on that song. In Very a lot of weird much ways. so. Yeah, which is the first song you hear in the movie of yeah. like fifty songs. I mean, I appreciated him living and burning the money at the end because he talks about the entire movie pretty much like his magic, his magic, his creative process, his creative process. And it's almost like he just needs enough money to get his next fix, just to go like just to go even lower to get back where he was. <laughs> I appreciated him burning the money, and I knew right when he said, "I want it all in cash and on a boat." I was like, "He's gonna destroy it, one hundred percent." Oh, he just hurt He's the like, economy pretty bad. Like when he, <laughs> I did think about that. <laughs> Several federal crimes were committed. <laughs> but it's just like the Destructors, the story laid out in Donnie Darko. Very, very true. Um, I'm so glad that cat didn't die. Bro, I would have been Brittany was like going to be died. so mad. I wrote in my notes about the cat, like, thank God, <laughs> the cat. <laughs> well, I know we're trying to keep this episode short and sweet. Do you guys have anything else to add? Stevie, what what sets this apart as one of the best movies of the year for you? Because I see a lot of people who share that sentiment, but you love it almost more than anybody I know. Uh, you personally know that you've seen. Uh, no, I mean I've se- I follow a lot of people on Letterboxd who's also who've also given us like five stars, calling it one of the best movies of the year. I, I think it's pretty good. Do you give away my yes or no? But you love it, so I love this movie. I th- I just love its carefree attitude. It's pretty much carefree attitude with story, McConaughey's performance, the side characters that come in and out. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think it also helps that I've spent a ton of time in Southwest Florida. And like the character of Moondog, like people who like haven't been there would probably find him like outlandish like to a fault, but I could <laughs> way more than see like someone like that coming into my life at some point when I'm visiting my grandma in Fort Myers. So I don't know. I just love this movie. Do you guys like since we've had so many movie references, the I, I feel like there's kind of like a Happy Madison Productions plot here where like Mr. Deeds or Billy Madison, like he has a big fortune that he has access to, but he's got to like complete some sort of thing first. It's Yeah, but Mr. Deeds was like a, he's like a good guy all around as opposed to this guy. Heart of gold, salt of the earth. Fish out of water. <laughs> Didn't Mr. Deeds buy like a thousand Corvettes at the end? He, yeah, well, they were, they were, I think they were Ferraris. Talk about changing the economy. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Why don't just buy electric cars and actually help out the planet? Exactly. Hmm. Well, who's ready for yes or no's? I'm ready. I want to kick it to Mikey. I want to see what he has to say. It's going to be a no, dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I gave it three stars on Letterboxd, which is like a yes for me, but like a soft yes. Yes. It's it's short, and it was like free because I have Hulu. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't. 
I just hate this character. If this person was in real life, I would hate this person and I don't even care if they were rich or not. I think, uh, well, I mean, for most of the movie, he's not rich. He's uh, pretty much a, he's a beach bum. He's a bum. But <laughs> he's kind of a dick to everybody around him and it just gives off this air of like, Moondog's gonna do what Moondog's gonna do and it's all about adding to his creative output or something like he's so reckless in his life that he just writes it off that it's a part of his creative process and he's a dick the whole time <laughs> i hate this person and i would probably fight him in the street if he ever <laughs> fucked with me so um i give it a soft yes i mean a soft five it's mcconaughey being like ultimate mcconaughey just being a a dick bag a high dick bag um so, you can check it out if you want. Mikey gives it five <laughs> inches flaccid. Brett, how about you? Yeah, I like this movie. I, uh, I mean, I'm kind of with Mikey a lot. On, I just, I, I couldn't believe that people like this guy that much. Now, I would definitely be, the difference is I'd be friends with him. Because he looks like he has awesome parties and I'd want to be friends with lingerie. Because lingerie looked like he had amazing parties that I'd want to be at all the time. Um... I love the soundtrack. I love Into the Mystic. It's one of my all-time favorite songs, and it's just so beautiful playing with that fire going and the fireworks, and it could not have ended any better with the aura of the movie. Not necessarily the storyline, but I. this is a good movie. I mean, it was kind of, like Stevie said, it's kind of like a wild ride. You don't take it, don't take it too seriously. It's just a... It's just... It is what it is, and I, I enjoyed it. You don't learn anything at the end. No. Not, 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 yeah, you're right. I mean, this this is a it's close to solid yes for me. It's a good movie. Deal, George. Hey, <laughs> Brett. I mean, we had a pretty good party this weekend too, right? We had a great party this weekend. <laughs> that was fun. Glad you came over, bud. For sure. Um, so, I think to Mikey's point, like I hated Matthew McConaughey's character until like i don't know halfway two-thirds of a movie and i started to root for him and i just i love that character arc after he assaulted the man no, the <laughs> and zach efron was forgiven for that so is that tiger blood in him bro <laughs> hmm. i totally watch this movie as the conspiracy theorist that like yeah when they have that car crash i think everything leading up to that is like pretty amazing almost more by the book movie making and then from there the absurdity kind of ramp ups and <clears throat> I have here in my note like the first real note I wrote there's like some trash above it about Man- the movie Mandy but it says Isla Fisher like why are no doctors like rushing to her side that's when, what like, I said man when she flatlines and I think that's like the beginning of the f- kind of fantasy of <clears throat> this movie and yeah, Brett, you actually called that out early in the pod. I loved it. So, anyway, like, if you need more evidence, look to the scene with a blind dude flying a plane mm. while smoking a Cheech and Chong weed <laughs> joint. Like, I think it's pretty clear what this movie's doing. I think you can deep dive intellectually if you give it a chance, Mikey. So, pretty hard yes for me. But isn't that what happens in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? All of these super crazy scenarios just induced by drugs which is like the exact same thing 
See, I just see this I movie mean, as like... It doesn't do anything original. I've brought this book up before once on the pod, or this like short story, but an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. And it's like, this movie is, he dies in the car crash, and this is like his DMT acid trip. And like, he's in his little heaven, ending with him burning money, floating in his boat, like, shocking the people. That's just how I see the movie. Anyway, I was saying hard yes. I'm sorry, Stevie. It's, that was a long one. It's kind of like a cure no, no, for wellness. I liked it. Much better than a cure for wellness. I was joking. I, was joking. I know cure. you guys hated that. I didn't see it. <laughs> Pap, what's up? Yeah, this is going to be a yes for me. Brett, did Brittany like it? Yeah, I think so. She said the best part were all the bags, but... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did Stevie, did Lauren like it? She liked it, but Moondog gave her like terrible anxiety. See, my future wife hated this movie with a passion. Mm. And I think that if you hate this movie, that's actually a perfectly valid opinion. But I would say just based on what I've seen in 2019, like, I think it is more on the original side than like reboots of of Lion King or Aladdin. (laughs) Well, come on. Marvel (laughs) movies. I mean, but it's... It's a person actually like making a film in this year, and I, and I think it's interesting. It's it may not be your cup of tea, but I think it's like perfectly executed. And there's this line at the beginning of the Big Lebowski where it's like, "Sometimes there's a man, and he, like he fits right in a certain place in time." And Sometimes there's a man. Moondog is that man of South Florida in the 21st century, and and I and I did appreciate Matthew McConaughey just being Florida man, being Matthew McConaughey. So yes, for me, that's beautiful, sure. Pat. Thank you. Brittany said it was better than Vision Quest. That's what she said. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, kind of to your point, Pap, and you said Matthew McConaughey being Matthew McConaughey. Harmony Corrine um, even said that he wanted Matthew McConaughey for this part because he wanted almost the myth of Matthew McConaughey to come out on screen. Like they, He wanted the myth of what people think what Matthew McConaughey is like behind closed doors. And uh. The same with Zac Efron. About, like, how Zac Efron seems like this kind of, like, calm and, like, cool, demeanored guy. But he could also have this side to him off screen where he's just nope. super energetic and crazy. Nope, Zephron's a saint. Let's and not so forget he, that Matthew McConaughey actually was arrested for playing bongos in his house while smoking naked. weed naked. naked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. He, like, wanted to bring out, like, a myth of Matthew McConaughey. But this is... Uh, the hardest of yeses for me. This is my favorite movie of the year by far. Wow. Um, I love the soundtrack. I love the acting. And just like kind of like what the point you said, Pat, we actually kind of, for the most part in 2019, got an original story. And I've seen this movie three times, and I'll probably watch it again at some point. So hard yes for me. Wow. Cool. Yeah, Stevie Big Lebowski is my most watched movie. I would love the Beach Bum to head up the rankings. Josh is the Christ-like character of the Beach Bum. Zach Efron. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) We left that bit behind like ten episodes ago. What's up? (laughs) Zach's a really good actor. He's a a crazy vaping. Method in this, but he's really good at it. I love Zephron, man. I love that line when he goes, So, yeah, I set the house on fire, but I also saved two kids in the second story. If it weren't for me, I just climbed up the stairs. I just, he goes, How'd you do that? Should I go through the window? What'd you do? I I just climbed up the stairs, got him out. Oh. (laughs) And the way his beard was shaved. Oh, it's so bad. It's so good at the same time. 
Oh my god, that was so awesome. But yeah, um, to our listening audience, go if you have Hulu. If even if you don't, watch this movie. It is hilarious and awesome, and according to Josh, somewhat thought provoking. So, um, we don't have. Tr- yeah, What's up? I was just gonna say about trivia. Stevie or Pappy, could you explain like why we're not playing trivia on this episode? Because I feel like that's confusing sometimes. Why would it be confusing? It's literally a different title. Oh. It's like a subtitle of the main title. I don't know. And if you pay, if you listen to all the episodes, you'd realize that some of them are spoilers where they're new movies. Some of them are movie reviews, which tie into each other. So, but Pappy, why aren't we doing trivia? It's literally what I just said. <laughs> See, it needs explained. Yeah, he used, no, I'm he used to explain it all the time. On the pod, he'd always say what the difference I'm, was. This is, going, this is going on the Patreon feed. <laughs> <laughs> Edit point. Dang it, my bad. <laughs> okay, Here's so we're not explaining. Um, Pap, what do we have coming down the pipeline? Uh, the Room will come out next, and then uh, another <laughs> movie review after that. So just stay tuned, and you'll find out. <laughs> Decent. <laughs> um, since there's no trivia, do I need to kick the spoilers, man? He's hungry. <sighs> Take oh. it away, spoilers, man. Spoiler man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. 